Welcome back to the Hunt Harvest Health podcast, everybody. Hey, it's been a few weeks since I have posted a podcast, and I'm sorry about that. I just left this morning for bear hunting season, so we he's kicked that off, and uh, we also have a construction zone in our house because since Christmas, we haven't had a kitchen, and we haven't had floors, and this week, hopefully, we are going to be, uh, that construction is going to be starting, so we have been I mean, to clear stuff out, as you can imagine, getting new floors in your house. I'm sure lots of you have gone through that. Uh, it is like a lot of work to clear everything out and get ready for that kind of construction. But I am definitely looking forward to getting my kitchen back um, and getting my house back. Uh, you know, it's been an interesting four months, five months for sure. But one thing I have learned is uh, you can actually go without all the fancy stuff. So uh, it, it's going to be a luxury to have a dishwasher back and to have kitchen counters. Um, but yeah, so that's what we've been doing. Uh, we also wanted uh, we also wanted to share that currently we are doing a giveaway for the Western Hunting Summit up until May first. So if you want to come to the Western Hunting Summit this June, but you don't have the means to do it, we have been fortunate enough to have not just one, but two people pay it forward by buying tickets for two lucky recipients. So it's very simple. If you want to apply for this, this is actually going to be an essay um, entry. This, you don't have to buy product. You don't have to do anything like that, but we are going to work with the guys that have donated. Uh, they are previous attendees. Each of them have been more than two times to the summits and one of them actually, um, he won a stone glacier a couple of years ago. He won an entry. And then Joe, who is one of our contributors of Joe and Emily, Joe has also contributed a spot. So if you go to, um, so it's very easy. This is what you do to do it. You send an email, 500 words or less to info at stahealthyhunter.com info at stahealthyhunter.com and you tell us why you want to come to the summits um, and what your situation is and we are accepting those until May 1st. After May 1st, me and Ryan, Levi um, and Joe, we will all be reading those and picking the top five folks and then we'll probably have some kind of competition or something after that uh, to pick two out of the top five. But for now, we just want you to get your entries in and we want to pay it forward. We have been so lucky and so blessed to have these gentlemen um, contribute spots for you. So go and send us an email at info at stealthyhunter.com before May 1st. And if you don't hear from us right away, don't worry, as long as you've sent it to that email, um, I try to respond and say, thank you. We have your entry just to let you know. But uh, yeah, it's that simple. So check that out. So Ryan has been working nonstop uh, preparing food for this bear season. He actually has made a goal to be using all of his own freeze-dried fruit, meaning he is actually like making everything from the biscuits and gravy to sweet potato roll-ups to um, protein bites. He is literally making all his food for his hunts this spring. It's been a lot of work. Our freeze dryer has been going nonstop. Actually, he just left this morning and there's still food in the freeze dryer that I'm going to have to take out. But there's also nice snacks he's made for us, for us girls. And he's just 
seriously, um, he's a freeze drying expert at this point. If you want to learn more about freeze drying, we have a great podcast for you today. We are actually talking to Matt Neville from Harvest Right. We sat down with him when we were in Salt Lake for the Hunt Expo. Me, him, and Mark Levesay are on this podcast. And you'll learn a lot more about freeze drying. And uh, we do have a link in the show notes. We also have a link on our partners page for the Harvest Right. So if you do want to invest in a Harvest Right, you can help support our podcast by going through that link. A harvest rate is always having sales. I feel like every month, every season, they're having sales. So it's a great time to go do it. Um, we have the medium size one and we would really like the large. But here's the deal with the large. People send us emails. Which one would you buy? Which one would you get? We would definitely get the large. The problem is the large has to be, you have to have a specific outlet for it. So we don't, we would have to have an outlet put in. So if you do get the large, you do need to know that or the extra large, which does so much food at once. Um, but just know that. But you can go to Harvest Right, check those out. Uh, use our link, helps us out. Um, and then also, if you want to learn the ins and outs from top to bottom about both dehydration and uh, freeze drying, we have put together an entire A to Z backcountry meals um, program. And we're doing that in conjunction with Treeline Pursuits, Mark and Amy Livesey. And we have um, basically filmed it and got it all together. And currently it is in editing and production. Once it's done, we are gonna have it over at Treeline Pursuits where it's gonna be a full-fledged class. Ryan, I've never seen Ryan work so hard on something like this class, an online thing, technology. I mean, him and Mark basically wrote every single word. Um, and then me and Amy contributed by doing all the recipes that we share on there. And I also am going to be contributing more of a health aspect part to it, as well as um, uh, foods. Uh, healing foods and that kind of thing, a little bit more doctorish stuff and nutrition stuff. But that is going to be available very soon. Uh, we hope by summer uh, before fall comes so you guys can start getting your freeze dryers and making your own food or getting just a dehydrator and dehydrating your food. This is not just a freeze drying class. This is also dehydration. Um, we will be adding recipes, new recipes to this, and it's going to be very unique uh, and we're very proud of it. So if you are interested in that, you can go ahead and get on the list. If you go over to treelinepursuits.com, there is a section where you can put in your email to be notified when that class comes out. And obviously, if you're on the email list, there will probably be discounts and et cetera um, going out to that list first. But watch for that. And then Ryan and Mark are also putting together a bear class, which they should have out... I don't know. They're going to be filming and stuff this spring. But if you want to get on that list, you can do that also at treelinepursuits.com if you want to learn more about bear hunting uh, from Ryan and Mark. Mark is really kind of the guru in these online classes because of his scouting courses. He's just really adept at understanding the technology and how to get these things done right, looking good and getting you the information that you need. So that's why we're working with Mark, besides he's a great friend of ours. Um, he just knows his stuff in this arena. So go to treelinepursuits.com. Also, if you don't already have his e-courses, 
his e-scouting courses. Uh, you can use the code STAHEALTHY, STAHEALTHY over there, and you will get a discount on any of those courses. So go ahead and check that out. Probably not all of my announcements, but for now, that is uh, spring is coming and the snow is starting to melt around here. So we are looking into garden season. We got a new chicken house because we got a bunch of new chickens. Um, and we plan on doing more in our yard this year, hopefully. But I'm also going to be traveling a lot this year. Ryan's going to be, we're going to be doing a lot of family trips together. We're doing a bear hunt together in the fall. I am taking my mother for her 70th birthday to Ireland in July. Um, and I've never been to Ireland, so I'm very excited about that. So it's going to be a busy summer for us. Um, the summits are going to be here, but um, you know what? That's how life is. A lot of stuff to look forward to. We want to thank you for listening to this podcast and taking your time every day to improve yourself. And we just hope that by listening to this podcast, and becoming part of our community that you are going out and sharing this information as well with your loved ones and um, improving other people's lives as well. So, all right, I'm going to let you go. I hope you enjoy this podcast with Matt Neville. Remember, if you want to check out, go to our partners page and use that link to go get your own Harvest Right freeze dryer. Everybody have a wonderful week. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Hunt Harvest Health podcast. This is Doc Hillary. Today, I am here in Salt Lake City, Utah. Ryan and I just got done doing the um, Hunt Expo in Salt Lake, which is the biggest West, I, I would say biggest hunting expo in the West as far as Western hunting, etc. And we sold our products there for the first time ever at the Peaks. We partnered with Peaks and we were with them. So today we have a special podcast because we are still in Salt Lake and we were um, honored enough, I guess, to be asked by our guest today, <laughs> Matt uh, Neville. He is with Harvest Right Freeze Dryers and he asked us to come by, look at the facility and uh, we asked him if he'd do a podcast with us. So we have Matt and we, oh, I can't forget. We have the Mark Livesey How did Livesey get in here? He's here. We <laughs> locked the door, guys, but he found his there way in. He's good. Just he's good. Around. So there's that voice. Yes, he, he's here with us. And then, of course, me. And then over here, Ryan is here hiding under his hat or something over there. Yeah. Um, so do. we are going to chat today with you, Matt, because we have a Harvest Ripe freeze dryer, and we love it. We use it. Um, and it helps Ryan make his backcountry meals. Mark has also gotten one recently, and he's using it. And as you may or may not know, these two have been dehydrating and or canning or preserving food for many years, really. I am not the Betty Crocker of the relationship. <laughs> that would be Ryan. And years ago, we saw that teal harvest right that's over there in that picture at a somewhere sportsman's or we, we saw it somewhere um i even remember meat eater was talking about freeze-dried food this is kind of a little way back mm -hmm. and then we saw that but they were like really expensive and so they were kind of out of our wheelhouse as far as like what we were willing to pay and could afford so it was like, oh, yeah, well, freeze-dried food is probably better, but we can't afford the machine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so we never got one. And then just a couple of years ago, 
we actually used one of a friend of ours and he never used his and then Ryan was using it and then we bought it off of him. Awesome. Because he was moving and he was like, I don't want to drag that heavy thing around. And it was already in our basement. So we used it and we use it religiously now. Um, So if we thought it would be great to have you share what harvest right is, we're going to talk about freeze dried food. You guys can all put your inputs in and, um, We've found that it's super beneficial for our lifestyle because we kind of like we were talking earlier, we're the prepper lifestyle. Not as much as we used to be. We were super prepped before we moved to Montana. <laughs> oh, we were gardeners much more so. Back yeah, we were day. gardeners yeah. and we had a lot of fruits and veggies, as you can imagine. Yeah, yeah. We haven't really reproduced that yet on our land because uh, it's a very different climate and our growing season's short. So we st- we've struggled more there, but... We used to do all the fall harvesting and prep, and unfortunately, we never had a freeze dryer there. I know because we could have really saved so much stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's does that sound good? Awesome. It sounds perfect. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for um, coming by. So why don't you just share a little bit about yourself and and why you're here at Harvest Right? Yeah. So, shoot, we started Harvest Right about twelve years ago, um, and I don't want to get too too into the soppy story about it but we had a freeze-dried food company that my brother had started actually and it quickly became one of the largest freeze-dried food companies in america i think it was number two actually right behind mountain house second largest freeze-dried food company in america and they would get question after question about well can you freeze-dry this for me can you do a gluten-free can you do a this for my diet or can you do a that and or can you do a blueberry or a strawberry or a peach or whatever right like so many inquiries about so many specific different types of meals or foods or fruits or vegetables or meats right we couldn't accommodate it, right? My brother's company, that company couldn't accommodate it. It was just impossible. And so he actually had the idea, shoot, people should be able to freeze dry their own food and freeze dry whatever they want, right? If they want to go out on an awesome backpacking trip or a great hunt, they should be able to freeze dry their chicken fettuccine Alfredo with their ingredients the way they want it, right? To fit their lifestyle. Or they should be able to freeze dry their steak and eggs or mashed potatoes and gravy or their own Thanksgiving dinner or whatever, right? Just the way they want it because I can't accommodate that with my commercial freeze dried food, right? And then there's always the other complaints about the quality of this, or it's not that good a tasting, and it's tough to fit every palate the way they want it. And so he actually had the idea. He said, guys, we need to make a freeze dryer, and we need to somehow make it relatively affordable, make it affordable so people can have a freeze dryer in their home. And anyway, so that was kind of the the reason for the idea behind having a freeze dryer, right? So many different tastes and textures. And and a lot of you listening might have tried freeze-dried food before, some backpacking meal or something, and you thought, that was kind of gross. And it might have been because whatever the ingredients they started with in that camping or backpacking meal probably weren't that great, right? And so once you can do it yourself, it really changes the game of, of the quality of that food. So... Yeah. Sure. Sure. Well, freeze drying in general has been around since World War II, right? 
I mean, you can freeze. Uh, they've been doing that for the military for a long time to make that food really lightweight, right? High nutrition, right? You're going to keep 97% of that nutrition when you freeze dry something. And in general, that food quality is just going to be unmatched, especially compared to canning or dehydrating. But um, a freeze dryer is a complex tool. So when we started developing this freeze dryer, we bought a freeze dryer that's as big as your refrigerator at home, and it would only do a really small amount of food, right? And that freeze dryer that we bought that was that big was $30,000. And we said, how can we make this smaller? How can we make it more affordable, obviously, because who's going to pay $30,000 to have something in their house, right, so they can freeze-dry food? And how can we make it so easy to use that even grandma can do it? That was kind of the idea. Smaller, more affordable, small, affordable, and easy to use. And so, but back to your question, what does a freeze-dryer do? Freeze-drying tech, there's a reason those machines are ex- were expensive, right? Freeze-drying tech isn't easy. I mean, you have to be able to freeze food down to 40 below zero cold, or even colder, you have to be able to um, create a vacuum like outer space, like a perfect vacuum like outer space, and you have to be able to warm within that vacuum. And then there's a computer inside that freeze dryer and sensors that control the whole process from start to finish. So all you do is put your food in and press start, right? Grandma can walk away, that food will freeze dry itself, doesn't matter what you put in it, it will figure out what to do, and it beeps when it's done, right? Any other freeze dryer in the world before harvest, right, you had to be a scientist to run it. You had to be able to program it. You had to be able to do specific things, you know, for specific times, for everything you were doing. And so we just figured out a way to make it totally automatic so it's easy to use. And and shoot, today a freeze dryer is not $30,000 for one that can do a substantial amount of food. But you can get one from two to $3,000 pretty easily, so... Anyway. Yeah, I um so I've had like Hill said I've had mine for 2 years now. And um I always had questions about it. I thought it would be way more confusing than it is. I started off um we've always done a lot of canning with our meats and whatnot, but we got into dehydrating meals with the uh-huh. old we started with the ch- real cheap round <laughs> Old dehydrators that didn't work. <laughs> the donut, the donut dehydrators <laughs> never worked. Frustration. And then we we migrated to like the Excalibur style, which is like a nine tray, you know, fan on the back, heats it up. And I did that for a long time, a lot mm. of years. Mm. Um, but there were uh, there was always some question marks like the nutrition that's retained. Like what is that number? I hear numbers that are wide ranging when it comes to what's retained as far as nutrition. And Mark and I have talked a little bit about that, like. Is it ten percent loss or is it fifty percent loss? Or what is the what is lost when you heat something as as a dehydrator does versus what we're finding out now? These freeze dryers have much less lost in the way of nutrition. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just heard a shocking number from you actually on the canning side that we're losing up to fifty percent. Yeah, that's pretty common on the canning side, the canning right? Side By the time you're preserving yeah. food, do that you're losing a lot of nutrition. So. You know, I was always turned off a little bit by the price, um, but then we started getting more into it, more into it, figuring out nutrition is huge for us. You know, Hill and I, we, we're we always trying to be as, as conscious as we can as far as what we're putting in our bodies, and we used to do a lot of gardening. Uh, we would have absolutely loved to have a freeze dryer back in the day because we were very limited on what we could do. Now, we used to do some powders with dehydrators. Mm. Mm-hmm. 
they would have been much probably more nutritious and healthy if we would have made those powders with the freeze dryer. But we would just heat them up and then grind them down, mm-hmm. you know, pulverize them mm-hmm. and use those in drinks and smoothies and whatnot. Yeah. But I don't know what the nutrition value was after we heated them up to the point that we did. You know, it would usually go for like three, four hours at 130 degrees or something like that on all our leafy greens. Yep. yep. Um, but then you start looking at how these professional companies are making these powders and they're freeze drying their, their leafy greens and turning them into these amazing powders for whatever. Um, so yeah, it was kind of like hindsight. I wish we had that back in the day, but since then, like we've been doing this for quite a few years, the prices have just really got more affordable for us. I'm a cheapskate, um, to the point that I even see value in the price (laughs) that they are now. Like there's there's good value. Yeah. And then, you know, for guys like Mark and I, we do a ton of long trips, really long trips. Um, 10, 12 day trips are just kind of the norm for us Mm -hmm. so you once you start figuring out like the price of food today what it is it's about 15 bucks a bag um you know i want to we kind of do the math and figure out what it's going to take to to pay for a freeze dryer when we're building out meals for the season and for some guys like us we do it a lot it pays for itself pretty dang quickly but um maybe you could tell everybody like what have you guys found to kind of be the norm as far as what does it take to recover your costs on these freeze dryers? Yeah. Like I said, the price now is far greater or it's far less than what it was just a handful of years ago. Yep. Yep. And that's always been our goal guys. Our goal has always been to make freeze drying accessible to people. And so as much as you want to survive and thrive as a business, the mission at Harvest Right really is to make freeze drying accessible so that people can enhance their adventure, right? Enhance that hunting experience so that people can have food on the shelf for their families as a reserve. Um, just to just to create that, that full circle self-reliant home really is what drives us here. And so in a world like we're talking about where inflation is insane, 8%, 10%, right? Inflation we're looking at. Harvest Rite's looking at every possible way to make their products more affordable all the time. And so kind of to your point, Ryan, when we started, this freeze dryer was like $4,500, right? This, that medium one was $4,500. And even at that price, we sold a lot of freeze dryers because it was a steal compared to people, compared to when people wanted to buy large amounts of freeze dried food. And, uh, you know, even at that price in a year's time of using your freeze dryer, it paid for itself. No problem. Um, now, inflation continues to be crazy, right? And food prices continue to rise. So that's why your freeze-dried food costs are rising too, right? That's why you're looking at $15 for a decent little meal to take camping or backpacking. Um, but depending on what you freeze-dry, what we found is once you've used your unit, your freeze-dryer, 25 to 30 times, mm-hmm. it's paid for itself compared to buying freeze-dried food. So that means... Um, Mark gets a freeze dryer. He he wants to hustle and make some great camping meals or hunting meals. He wants to put up some food for his family or just not even waste food, right? Who wants to waste food anymore with how expensive the grocery store is? So he wants to freeze dry his wife's leftover spaghetti or she makes a great chicken noodle soup. And he's like, well, shoot, it's leftover. I'll take that on my hunt next month. Let's freeze dry it. Don't toss it. And before you know it, in two or three months, Mark's freeze dryer's paid for itself, 
right? Just because he's not wasting food anymore. He's freeze drying his leftovers. He's using those meals for his adventures. And at a minimum, that food's going to be shelf stable for up to 25 years. So Mark's got awesome food on the shelf as a reserve for his family. But yeah, the magic number is about 25 to 30 uses. So depending on how hardcore you are, that might be two or three months. But even if you're a casual user of your freeze dryer, certainly within six months to a year, it's paid for itself, no problem. Yeah, I think for me, it was an IM. So let's talk about that for a second. So the prep, leftovers, things like that. It's it's not really possible in the dehydrating world to do that. Because now I've been dehydrating my meals for 12 or so years as well. Got lots of great recipes, but I've tweaked them specifically for dehydration. Mm-hmm. We cook our hamburger meat. Mm-hmm. We dab yeah, out all creative. the fat. We add the breadcrumbs, right? We run it through the Ninja to get it pulverized to create the surface area. So there's a prep. And then we cook the food. Amy, so my wife Amy, when she cooks food for me to dehydrate, we cook it a special way. We chop it real fine, mm-hmm. right? So the act, the process of grabbing some leftovers after dinner and throwing it in a dehydrator, it might work in some cases, depending on the meal. But in a lot of cases, let's use spaghetti, the American favorite. You take a batch of spaghetti, you throw it in your dehydrator, it might not turn out like you think it's going to turn out because you did not prep that meat properly the way it needs to be prepped. Big and it gets chewy. It's a little it's chewy. It's like It's like little pieces of beef jerky, right? Whatever. So what kind of opened my eyes about this is like you just pull the tray out in the freeze dryer, you put you pile the food in just like it's being piled on your plate, and you slide the tray in. There's no pre-prep that's necessary for freeze drying that's unique to dehydrating. And there's the other thing is the thickness. So in dehydrating, right, you got to spread it out. You don't have to do anything, but for optimal results it's got to be consistently the same thickness right it's got to be spread out so you're using parchment paper or silicone sheets or all of these things and so what i like about it like you said you just slide the tray in with the food and it comes out like it went in yeah walk away so and when you start thinking about that your leftover meals like you just said could result into two or three backpacking meals right there yeah you didn't have to think about that when you were building the meal you didn't prep it specifically for your dehydrator like we do mm-hmm. do you do the same like when you're getting ready for a hunt you're prepping those meals knowing that it's well back when you used to be slum with the rest the of us day. back when you slum with the rest <laughs> of us dehydrate dehydrate yeah. um <laughs> i don't think about that anymore yeah. <laughs> but you prepped them specifically for dehydrating you right? had to yeah you had yeah. To. to be able to rehydrate um which is where it's most important you know we're trying to rehydrate the meal on the mountain um typically takes about 20 minutes but we've all experienced especially in the early days when you're just getting into dehydrating those like chewy pieces or things that weren't quite ready to eat but you scarfed them down anyway um and then we figured out how to eliminate that by just grinding everything real fine real Mm. consistent but yeah right now with the with the freeze dryer i have no worries about any of that I chop it up thick, it's hearty, and it um, rehydrates as good as anything. Hopefully it tastes awesome too, right? I mean, it's one thing to at least get that nutrition you're looking for for these long trips and all the exercise you're putting into it. But I've seen people do the coolest stuff. I've seen people have steak and lobster at 10,000 feet, right? I've seen people really like take this adventure that, that they're just mostly trying to figure out how to survive it with the food. 
and really make it I mean, food makes any anything you do more enjoyable. And I've seen them d- take that and have so much fun with it because they can freeze dry anything. Like people will go to their favorite Chinese restaurant and get their chow mein and fried rice and and their well, beef I've, and broccoli, yeah, right? I've told this story <laughs> already. Freeze dry. We're, we're both smiling. Yeah, I, know what he, I know what he's going to say. Already. We have a, a, a young gentleman, <laughs> camera guy, and Kyle Lloyd, and uh, – the man absolutely loves his Taco Bell. Loves his Taco Bell. Seven oh, boy. Seven layer Here burrito. we go. Taco Bell and, and drink Dr. Pepper with every meal, every day. So um, this past season, he was doing a, a deer hunt with me and figured I'd surprise him. So, yeah, the girls and I, we swung by Taco Bell. And, uh, for the, for, a, I want to say for the first time probably and, ever. Yeah, I was life. like, well, what do we order here? And I didn't know what he liked, but – I don't know. It's kind of all the same, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so we we uh, we got a handful of things and brought them home and just tossed them in the freeze dryer with a bunch of the fruit and berries that I was making for myself. And I uh, freeze dried just it was like a Mexican pizza, and like a five layer or seven layer. I don't know what burritos. And they come out looking exactly like they went in. You know, they right. don't shrink down. Right. Like if you were to try to dehydrate them, then they would be nasty if you did. But um, so I gave him those on that hunt and I think that was the highlight of his hunt because the hunt was terrible. <laughs> we had a terrible hunt. It was really tough. Weren't seeing anything, but, uh, the man was eating his, he had his Mexican pizza, Taco Bell food up on the mountain. Oh, that's, so. So that's how we're going to, we've actually been trying to get him to do more for us. And so we've been bribing him more with more freeze dried Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it is as if you could almost do anything. And I know. Like when you spend as many days on the mountain as we do, um, you know, we used to do for breakfast, uh, there's a lot of oats, like buckwheat, oats, Mm -hmm. there's not a ton of options. And so, you know, you started to see these uh, companies come out with skillets and scrambles, you know, freeze drying them. I was like, man, I wish I could do that in my dehydrator, but you can't. You can't get eggs to turn out good in a dehydrator. So that was one of the huge benefits for me is my breakfast just, you know, got way way better so now i'm eating scrambles up there with all the veggies that i want to throw in it sausage eggs whatever and we have chicken so we get our own eggs and then um you know biscuits and gravy we get to make our own so my daughter she makes a lot of the biscuits and then we we made a lot of like caribou gravy this year and we put that in there so i was eating pretty pretty well this year with the skillets and the breakfast sausage and then you throw some oats in there every once in a while to mix it up but before that option it was pretty limited on my just breakfast meals all together yeah so that uh yeah the freeze dryer well shoot we talk about eggs today too how expensive are eggs i I was just getting ready to say that now you're looking at 10 eggs for or a dozen eggs for 10 bucks some places my daughter comes in and she says hey i I, we have we have chickens too oh i mean i dropped a couple eggs on the way and i'm like you're grounded for a dollar each (laughs) you're grounded for a week right you know so (laughs) i'm like oh you know easy to think of it now you're like oh that was painful um the other thing though is like when you have chickens and you had eggs like you don't know think there's about an the egg shortage months. going on. You're like, you got so many eggs. When they're my lame, kids yeah. won't even eat them anymore. And it's like, what? There's an egg shortage? Where? <laughs> I don't know where that egg shortage is. And you can do about 50 eggs in one batch on a medium freeze dryer. So yeah. if you think about capacity on that. 50 eggs. 50 eggs okay. in a batch is, well, when you're a chicken is what guy you can run. you or a family that has a ton of chickens, uh, it's kind of like zucchini. You, know, you get to a point where you just can't eat enough of it, and it's like coming out everywhere. And uh, we 
we always get to that point in the summer where we have way too many eggs mm -hmm. and you know he'll bring them to work and give them away and this and that but now we don't have to do that you know you can just freeze dry them up now i know some guys freeze dry them raw yeah i've seen that quite yeah a bit. just the easy quick mm -hmm. don't even have to get a heat to them at all um and i've had those i think my preference is just cooking them up lightly and tossing them in the freeze dryer in a, in a scramble but yeah, I, I see a lot of people do both. So if you're going to, especially for like a hunt, I think you're right. Cook it lightly, season it the way you want it, add your veggies, your sausage and bacon or whatever you want with it. Freeze dry it that way. Um, for ease of use, you're right. Like I actually usually just do them raw at my house just because I can quickly crack 50 eggs into a bowl, whisk them up, pour them in the trays, and let it rip, right? And so, and I rehydrate, add a little water back to those and make an omelet. You know, the rehydration process is I do have to cook it, right? Like, blows people away that that when you rehydrate a raw egg, that it's still like this snotty, raw, like just a fresh egg, right? So if you do them raw, you do have to, once you rehydrate them, right, they're obviously not cooked. So then you would have to right. throw them on the skillet and cook them. But, yeah. but both ways work really well, really well. Yeah, I like, I like the fact that, um, like, dairy eggs there's just a lot more things that you can do with the with the freeze dryer which well, i was like, very limited in the past with the dehydrator you know like one of my favorite freeze-dried meals back when i bought freeze-dried meals was beef stroganoff i really like beef stroganoff well beef stroganoff is a a no-go in the dehydrated world and uh just the dairy does not do it right it's nasty and i've tried and tried i've tried pow you know in the powder you know, that doesn't work but again, I'm going to go back to that. I hope people picked up on that earlier is I've been dehydrating forever. And what is the probably the most enjoyable thing about the freeze drying is the prep. There's zero. So I'm going to throw my wife under the bus here. So Ryan and I are blessed. We have great wives, but they're getting older. And... Uh, <laughs> Stop now, Mark. Let's just announce that. Mark's, Mark's mic just got turned down. I'm just, I'm just kidding. But my wife makes a lot of meals for me, right? I'm, I'm really lucky. So after I'm asking her for about my 75th meal of the year, she starts getting a little sloppy with the cutting of the vegetables. So this last trip that Eli and I were on, pad thai is both of our favorites. So we did this pad thai, and the chicken pieces were huge, and the carrots were huge. And when we rehydrated this dehydrated meal, it was good. It tasted okay, but it was chewier. So I came home, and I'm like, honey, we got to start cutting them just a little smaller. But you get back, we just throw them in the freezer, and it, yeah, that yeah. problem is solved. So... Uh, it's not like the dehydration is um, um, hard to do, but you got to be super intentional. And with freeze drying, there's no, there's no, there's no intention. You just do it. I've got to say something here. You guys yeah. are really unique. I don't. I, I out here in the freeze dryer dehydrator world, I do not see people dehydrating meals almost ever. Most people, like you guys, are legit unique that way. Most people everyone I ever talked to think of a dehydrator as beef jerky. Yeah. They think dehydrator, they think beef jerky because most people I don't think are quite as creative as you guys to uh, go out and f figure it out. Like it's not easy to figure out how to dehydrate a meal and have it turn out decent after the fact. And so anyway, uh, as you're talking, I'm thinking 
who does this? Who figures out how to make a pad thai dehydrated, right, and have it turn out decent at all? Now, if you had freeze-dried it, it would have turned out a lot better, and it will, yeah, you know, as, as you do per, it. It's perfect. Even if she does cut those chunks and leaves them big and she can be a little lazy with that, I'm going to bring her back on the bus and tell her that she Why can I'm cut them however the she wants with her freeze dryer. I'm under the bus now when she <laughs> listens to this podcast. But, um. but that's pretty cool. I mean, that she can even figure out how to do that at all because uh, my experience is, is that people think dehydrator, they think jerky, jerky's great, but they're not normally thinking meals and, and something hearty that you can take on a long hunt to sustain you and really give you what you need. And so anyway, I'm, I think it's pretty cool. You even figured out how to do it at all because yeah. most people don't. So, so what is the, uh, you could probably rattle out a list that you feel are the biggest advantages to a freeze dryer. Well, shoot, guys. At the end of the day, anything freeze-dry, you can freeze-dry basically anything you can eat, right? So we talked about that. You you can freeze-dry all your meals, right? So any meal you can think of, you say pad thai. We can talk about chicken noodle soup or lasagna or beef stroganoff, um, chicken and rice, steak and potatoes, Thanksgiving dinner, turkey, mashed potatoes and gravy, stuffing, pumpkin pie. You can even freeze-dry ice cream, right? Well, and I think that's why we got Brian Call on the bus yeah. is because of the ice cream sandwiches. We, we have some man, very unique hunting cream. partners, right? We've got a Taco Bell guy. <laughs> ice and cream we've guy. we've got an ice cream sandwich guy. The dude was on my very first hunt. I think he brought 25 ice cream sandwiches, freeze-dried ice cream sandwiches in his pack. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, eat them all yeah a little ice cream sandwich, right? One ice cream sandwich, I think they charge 4 or $5 for it at the store, mm. right? And you can do 50 ice cream sandwiches in a batch. Yeah. Go down to Costco. 50 cents each yeah. for your ice cream sandwiches rather than $5. Yeah. You know, we talked about this a little. I, I want to add, you know, you, the nutrition, and we gla- we talked about it. We glassed over this, like, 90% retention versus whatever it is in dehydration. It probably varies by how hot it is, how long you have to do it. Like, if you're doing a powder, you're really dehydrating it, right? You're You're pushing it to its limits. But... A lot of hunters, backcountry guys, and that's kind of our angle here, is they forget when they go on a hunt that performance is important. And so they start buying meals that, not that they're not good, but they're not what they're normally used to eating. It's not what their digestive system is used to. Sure. And they also, whatever you buy, you're at the mercy of that quantity and that caloric value. And if you, you know, if you're skinny like myself, um, you need <laughs> less calories. And uh-huh. if you're Ryan, you need more calories. But the point is you get the chance to customize your meals so that by the 7th or 10th, 12th day of this hunt, you're performing at the at the same as you were on day one. And I think, guys, most hunters on most trips, I think, would say by the last day, they just they're they feel far more depleted right than their first day now you're putting in the effort you're going to be depleted but you got to do everything you can to slow the 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 downgrade process right of the the nutritional losses that you're getting and um and i think that that's something that you want to make sure if you're going to jump in this journey that you think about the the positive benefits of that as well yeah you don't want that gut problem either while you're out i mean and that's Shoot, that's the worst case scenario. Purchasing foods that you're not taking daily, yeah. you know, like I don't know what's in these other companies' meals. Maybe it's fine. Maybe it's not. Probably not something that I eat every day. But when you're making your own, it's probably something you eat every day, and you're yeah. you're accustomed to it. So 
Yeah, that's um, that's very important. Um, like Mark alluded to in the race world, same exact thing. And I always recommend guys just keep eating what you normally eat. Yeah, don't do exotic stuff, right? Don't, don't get crazy. The backcountry hunt trips are not the time to try out new menus. No, you don't want. It's to just not your guts blown up. <laughs> yeah, and it, it takes very little to rock the boat when you're already in a stressful. Your body already is in a stressful situation, and um, but you know, so when you're dehydrating you know meals and i'm not this is not a bash the dehydrating world but i kind of prepare my meals and that's it i don't do a lot of breakfasts like ryan you know talked about because there's not a lot of options i'm doing some other things i'm taking some bars i'm doing some things lunches i'm doing bars i'm doing whatever because it's just a process to rehydrate the meals to boil the water on the mountain, to make a meal, to make a snack. Like we're sitting here, we're having some of these yogurt bites, yogurt bites, and man, they're phenomenal. And I'm already seeing so many possibilities mm-hmm. to add to my kit to not only prov- put in some really nutritious items, but to lighten my daily two pounds. We generally try to go, I think Ryan and I are pretty much the same, two pounds a day is our normal yeah. food carrying capacity. But this freeze dryer is going to, I'm not saying it's going to half it, mm-hmm. but it could, with the right thinking through the process, take our snacks down quite a bit with the same caloric. Our bags are of the same caloric volume, but 20 or 30% lighter. I mean, yeah. and the nutrition density, happen. right, is what's big there. That's right. I mean, you're not sacrificing nutrition by going down. Because lots of times you're just, you're, you're getting in these meals a lot of noodles and a lot of rice, yeah. right? And so you're getting calories. But they're not nutrient-dense foods, really, that you're getting. I mean, even kind of cool, we were snacking on earlier, and the kids were too. They were snacking on a blueberry, raspberry, strawberry smoothie, right? If you make an awesome green smoothie that you just love to have for breakfast, it's part of your routine, make that smoothie and freeze-dry it, right? It will turn into this awesome powder. You just add a little water to that on the mountain, and you've got all the vitamins, all the minerals, all the nutrition. And I think to me, all of that is awesome, but also the taste and the flavor, right? That you're going to get right back out of it to, to make that experience just that much better, right? That much more enjoyable when you can eat what you want on the mountain. So let's talk about something else for a second. Let's divert if you guys don't mind. So when I looked at freeze drying, you know, it's like, it's like a lot of things. When you look at something, you have a, you make a decision and then you might not revisit it. So I want everyone to, to hear this is like when I looked at freeze drying years ago, it was 4,500 bucks, like Ryan was saying. And I never really looked that much anymore after that. Right. I don't think Ryan did either. And then his buddy just drops one off at his doorstep, which is pretty dang nice. <laughs> and he gets in the world, but he went, wasn't buying it. He just kind of like got gifted to him. Right. And all of a sudden he's calling me, telling me all the things he's doing, man, you should see these breakfasts I'm making. I'm like, it's great. It's great. And so then when I started looking at it and we started working with you a little bit, I'm like $2,500. That's a game-changing difference. Um, And then when I started looking at your site, I'm like, because it's not just the freeze-drying for us, packaging, rehydration, boiling, adding boiling water to the medium that it's in, what size of oxygen absorber, do you use oxygen, do you need to use oxygen absorbers? Um, the different kinds of trays. I, you guys got the compartmental trays for like the yogurt bites and the different things. So what I like about what I'm seeing is that you go in, you get your, your freeze-drying unit, you got access to bags. It's a one-stop shop. 
when you don't got to really worry about sourcing out all the other items you need to prepare your own backcountry meals. And I'll be honest with you, Matt, I didn't know that until we really met and I started digging around on your site more and what Harvest Right actually offers and they don't offer. And then I was surprised, even Ryan was too, I think I'll speak for Ryan, the options of units. Mm-hmm. from small up to that coffin size extra large unit right <laughs> yeah, which we're both like back there like wow i mean we were talking i think if we could put an entire month's worth of meals in one run on yeah. that thing yeah. and uh so i like that there's step up options and that there's all of these resources available like you don't it's, it's really a no-brainer yeah, I mean, especially, like, you put that thing to use. I've never heard anyone who buys one, puts it to use, uses it once a week, twice a week for a few months, who didn't say was worth it every time, right? Because you will get your money out of it when you use it. And so you're exactly right. And, you know, a lot of us are going to buy these freeze dryers to make awesome backcountry meals, right? That might be at the forefront of our minds, like, yeah, I want this. I want to make great backcountry meals. But then you also might you might figure out like i think i think you have ryan that man i can freeze dry raspberries and blueberries and strawberries i can freeze dry mangoes and peaches and pears i can freeze dry you know maybe some thinly sliced sweet potatoes and create some awesome like healthy snacks just to even have around the house or snacks for the trail right so that way i'm not only using my freeze dryer for my awesome backcountry meals but i'm using my freeze dryer to feed my kids healthier i'm eating healthier with these snacks right and i'm preserving my garden harvest with them if i have a garden like if i it, you just use the word no brainer and and that's exactly right especially if you are this person if you are someone who wants backcountry meals wants to take care of your family a little bit with a little food storage right that food's going to last 25 years on the shelf um, if you fit into both of those categories, you should get a freeze dryer. But even beyond that, like just having healthy snacks, preserve garden produce, find a deal at the store. Like pineapples go on sale for a dollar a pineapple in December. And so you just buy 20 pineapples and you freeze dry them because they're so great. Like, so if, if you want to be a thrift shopper, you want to lock in food prices, you want to, I mean, you're going to make the most amazing backcountry meals imaginable. I mean, that's, that's step number one done but you're going to use it for so many other reasons beyond that and like i said once you've used it 25 to 30 times it's paid for itself and so usually within a few months like i was telling you guys if you use your freeze dryer for three months and then you literally pick it up and put it in the dumpster it was still a good investment and it's a it's a machine you're going to have for years and years so yeah well the other yeah, it's oh. not just for backcountry trips but it's for like folks that travel you know like my wife she goes well i i like it because like i work a job i work a job i go to a job and like ryan's not home a lot and the girls have like basketball games and we're you know just the busyness of having a life my kids love the freeze-dried spaghetti and it's in a thing in the pantry and we just rehydrate it and there's dinner like, I didn't have to make spaghetti for dinner. Well, they do it themselves. And they do it themselves. To, like, um, you know, I'm at work. Maybe work. they don't have school yeah. that day. Maybe it's the weekend and, and we're, you know, I just don't want to make a meal. They just, like, pull that out and they make their own spaghetti. <laughs> they make their own food and it's super convenient. I mean, obviously, you have to prep and make it. But if you make it, like you said, just, you know, Ryan's big thing is like, okay, we're going to have spaghetti for dinner. So I'm going to make a quadruple batch of spaghetti. We have dinner. We freeze dry the rest of it. 
And then I take some for that and we put some in the pantry and then we have it and it's just easy, you know? Um, the other thing is we used to dehydrate, you know, like I'm looking at a lot of these pictures that you have here, like your raspberries. So we used to have a raspberry patch in our yard that was twice the size of this room maybe. And we had so many raspberries, like ridiculous. We, we didn't know what to do with them all because we'd freeze them for smoothies, but mm. then we never end up using them all because they're frozen and they go bad eventually. And we just started dehydrating them and making powders and then putting the powder in the smoothies. But even that was sort of like iffy because then if they get moist or like they have to be stored properly because they're not, they're just the freeze dried stuff is like so fine. It's like such a fine powder compared to the dehydrated stuff. But you know, we used to do all this, the bananas and the pineapples, anything in our garden, we used to put it in jars, but it felt like the dehydrated life was a lot shorter. And of course, like a dehydrated banana versus a freeze dried banana, we can literally put the freeze dried bananas in a smoothie in the morning. If we're like out of bananas, we put the freeze dried bananas in the smoothie. Which we do all the time. And yeah. then it tastes like jump. bananas. And it's amazing how fresh it looks, right? Like if yeah. you freeze dry broccoli, you would be amazed at how just, it just vibrant green or how, you know, change. like it doesn't change the color, the shape, And the you flavor. know what that is, right? Like you have all the bioflavonoids, the anthocyanins, you have all the um, things, the antioxidants basically that are the vitamin C, all that that's giving those fruits and vegetables their color. And there, the vibrancy of, you know, the purples, the reds. If you can see that without having injected food coloring into it, then you know you're keeping um, food quality. Right. Because when you see foods that sit out even for too long, they start getting oxidized and they start losing nutrients. And that's why their, their color starts to change. So if you can see a food that looks almost identical to when you cut it up, then you know it's not losing the nutrient value compared to other ways of doing it. Yep, 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 the nutrient so. value. And then you're also not losing that taste and that flavor, right, on top of it, which becomes awesome. I was thinking about a couple of questions people might have as they're, as they're listening to your podcast. Where do you put your freeze dryer, right? So you're like, shoot, yeah, I want to get on, one of these. That was on my list. I'm going to get a good, a, Yeah, because we – yeah, I have a good, we're having our kitchen remodeled right now and I would like a space for the freeze dryer because it's usually in our basement mm. and it sucks to go up and down. I would freeze dry more. I would freeze dry more if I had the freeze dryer, like literally Just a little closer. in my kitchen or somewhere where I literally could open a door put my stuff in there. I see a lot of people put it in their garage. It's just right off their kitchen. Yeah. So if you do have a garage, that's a, that's a great space for it. Um, you're right. A basement's pretty common. Uh, can you put it? So tell us about like the venting situation or like how that works. If you were to build a cabinet to put it in, what type of ventilation system do you need? So, yeah, you would want to vent it out just because it'll put out a little bit of heat like like any refrigeration appliance right. will. So we normally don't recommend that. Normally, we really do recommend like your garage just right off your kitchen because yeah. I pull my car into my garage. I see my freeze dryer. My freeze dryer is almost like haunting me like, hey, you got to have something in me right now. Like going. Don't, like when it's not running. Yeah, like when it's not running, I'm kind of like, shoot, I need something in this freeze dryer right now. So, so, and it's right off my kitchen, right? And so it's really easily accessible. Sometimes in the kitchen is a great spot for it, but the freeze dryer is so easy to use that you just put the food in and let it rip, right? You're not going to 
open it and check it and guess and is it ready or is it done you you just wait for it to finish and then you get to it when it's done you know like a microwave you open and close 10 times a day or a refrigerator you open and close so many times your freeze dryer just really runs itself and so because you don't have to guess and check so much um, having it somewhere accessible like you said is is probably the best place well so you've got noise like everything dehydrate they make considerable noise got to keep that in mind and they um, produce some smells as they're evacuating oh dehydrators yeah yeah so you got all these appliances i've been seeing doing research for these course we're working on a lot of people are putting them in their laundry rooms yeah if you have a good size laundry room because you know they've designed it for a noisy dryer or anything anyway they got a door usually they can shut and they're usually within reasonable reach of the kitchen. So that's a really good idea, too, if you've got the space. Well, I'll ask you guys, like, when my freeze dryer is running, is it, is it annoyingly loud to you in any way? No. Not, no, it's not near as loud as... Not like, like a dehydrator. Yeah. 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 Dehydrator kicks out a lot of odors, for sure. Like when I used to do a lot oh, of... Oh, man, you're... Like you're doing, like, onions or... My wife yeah, so your our furnace is in the basement. <laughs> and, like, if you put it in the basement... It don't. It goes through the it, whole house. So the furnace turns on. It's like filtering the smell through the whole house. You're like, <laughs> Curry okay, is just rolling yeah, through the house. like, oh, that's oh okay, that's garlic, onions. It's pretty but strong. But it's, it's not the case with the freezer. I don't have that with the freezer right now. Right. We have that one thing where it's like smoky sometimes. What is that? A demister. Oh yeah. Yeah. So the demister. What happens is, is so we should tell people how a freezer works. Yeah, right? let's yeah. do that. Let's We're do it. Get into that. So when you freeze dry something, you're going to put the food on the trays and press start. So let's say you just had a barbecue and you've got some leftover grilled chicken, some leftover steak, you've got mac and cheese, maybe some pulled pork and peaches and ice cream that was part of your barbecue. You could take all those leftovers, put them on the trays and press start. What your freeze dryer will do is it will first freeze that food. So it just becomes a really powerful freezer down to about 40 below zero typically. Then at that point, there's a vacuum pump that comes with it, and that vacuum pump automatically turns on and creates a vacuum like outer space. And then it starts to gently warm the food in that vacuum, and it has sensors in it that recognize when all the moisture is out of the food. Usually takes about 24 hours on the average, sometimes a little longer, sometimes a little shorter. Really just depends on what you're freeze drying. But the cool thing is the machine is smart and knows what it's doing, right? So it knows when all the water's out and it just beeps and and you're ready to come pull it out when you can get to it. Well, when you create that vacuum, um, one of the keys to that vacuum is making sure that not a lot of water is getting in that vacuum pump. And so, what will happen is, is the water that comes out of the food, 99% of it freezes to the side walls because it's minus 50 in there. But that 1% that sneaks through, that gets to the vacuum pump, it will turn into a mist and come out as water vapor. And so that mist that comes out of that vacuum pump is that water vapor that, that came through the vacuum pump. Yeah, that's what I was thinking about. Like if you had a space in the kitchen or the laundry room, you need some kind of ventilation because the house kind of fills up with this mist. Or you'd have to have something pulling it out, right? Well, we do it in the basement. Some type of exhaust fan or anything. It gets a little misty down there. It's not bad. I just open a window and it Mm. goes right out. And you know what? Like, all you're going to need to do is we just need to clean that filter, that mist filter, and then you won't have it anymore. Uh, Yeah. 
It's what I yeah. thought. I thought it, it was user error. I thought Matt all off. Shoot. It was user and error. I hate to say it, but it's usually, it used, podcast, usually right? user error. Hate so. to call Ryan out on his own <laughs> podcast, bud. Yeah, we will. I hey, but just call Harvest Ride, and they would answer that for you. Two seconds. We'll take care of you. We had that happen one time. We never had it happen before that. So that's why I was asking, like, is it something that's normal that we have that, or is it not? Yeah, and no. You're saying it shouldn't be. No, it so won't. It's not that, that common. It was dirty. That needed to be cleaned because we've been using it. That would have solved it. And who knows what your buddy did with his free shirt before you got before you got it right? Oh, it was brand new. I don't even think it was ever been opened. Oh, my gosh. Wow. No, it doesn't kick off a lot of mist. Um, it did a couple times. There's a couple meals that it did, but it's not bad now. Yeah. And I only noticed it because we live in a house with, like, huge windows and like westward facing sun and it's usually the sun shining in the windows it's like am i seeing stuff out here is it misty and like foggy in here and that's when ryan's like i think it's, it's a mister yeah yeah we'll just but get you a new one light. of those and it'll yeah cool. a little mister and that's like a two dollar little, little filter thing that just goes right in there so it's no big deal but yeah so you're gonna so that's the way the freeze dryer works real right so that mist that comes out is the vapor that comes out of the, it's the water that comes out of the food. And so that mist, the little filter cap on there will normally catch all of that mm -hmm. water vapor that comes out. But once that has to be cleaned every once in a while. So there's so. a little bit of upkeep to freeze dryers versus a dehydrator. Um, you know, you got to change the oil every so often. Maybe you could speak to that. I know there's yeah. oil less pumps now options yeah Maybe, uh, yeah talk us through that so that vacuum pump you're right it has a little mineral oil that goes into it and so that's a food grade mineral oil that goes into it and when we speak of changing oil sometimes that can sound scary but this is so silly. Like it, I would, I normally would compare it to maybe putting gasoline in a lawnmower or um dumping like like you know when you vacuum and you have to dump out the stuff that you vacuumed in the garbage it's about like that so almost so about every 30 batches a little note comes up on your screen and says it's time to change your oil well when you buy a freeze dryer it comes with a brita water filter looking pitcher that's actually the oil filter i, know, I was just going to say that that's ingenious it's so easy to use so all you do and grandma does this no problem she'll just go and crack it it drains through the brita water filter pitcher and then she puts it. She uses that same oil and puts it right back into the vacuum pump. Just takes two minutes to do it. Um, but if you do that, it just keeps that vacuum pump humming. It keeps it nice and happy, and um, you're off and running. Like I said, that's for most people. That's every two to three months. Um, about every 25, 30 batches, mm -hmm. is that you do that. And that's the one piece of maintenance on your freeze dryers. You just got to make sure to put the oil through that pitcher and put it right back in. So it's not like, you know, you hear changing oil, you think your car or something that's just really You're underneath the unit, really yeah. <laughs> like a huge pain. It's, it's so easy. Now it used to be four or five years ago or more. We had people do that after every single batch, mm. right? But our vacuum pumps have become so advanced. They're way quiet now. The maintenance is super low that now it's like every few months. So it's not, it's not every batch like it was years ago. So anyway, that's. So that, what, about that's it. The, what about the freezing chamber itself? What kind of maintenance do you have to do in there? Any maintenance? Nope. Just nope. So it, it makes so the it ice. so easy. Like there's a button that says defrost, <laughs> and you push it, and it defrosts the tank. Yep. And it literally just drips right out into a – I got a little bucket there on the side of the machine, and it fills it up with water, and you're on your way. Yeah, I noticed that. I'm excited about it. So I'm pretty new in the freeze dryer. I've been watching Ryan 
and he shared a few meals, not very often, but once in a while. And he'll give me like a little piece of fruit just to like, you know, it's like giving you a drug and they won't give you no more. <laughs> uh, and a little few pieces of, of here and there. But the, I'm excited about taking this path with my meal journey um, with all the things we do. So we were talking about this before the podcast. So we were just came back from the Hunt Expo and there were tons of families. I, I don't know that I remember a year there was that many families. And we were in the booth and Ryan's taking his usual pictures with everyone. And wasn't it, it was kid after kid that kept coming in there. I'm hunting with dad. They're showing us their pictures of their kids. So when you start thinking about back to this cost thing, but not just cost, but the quality, but you got moms are going more. Um, Hillary was on a hunt with us two years ago in the, in, in Montana. It was great. She handled the llamas. It was a really nice break for me. Um, <laughs> and you got the moms going once in a while. You got your kids going on these adventures. And you start buying meals for the whole family. Now Paley is hunting like a machine, like your dad, right? And we're out there, and we've got we're processing multiple meals a day now, and uh, it just doesn't take long to add it up. And I'm already my son Eli. My wife's already complaining about my tag, my Western tag acquisition cost has doubled now that my son turned 13. And so now I'm doing more meals. I'm like I'm I'm literally processing tons more meals myself mm -hmm. because of him and to go back to that prep i mean all that extra prep you have to do for dehydration is just really dramatically reduced yeah. uh, in well freeze and your kids probably are better than mine but my kids are a little finicky with what they eat right and so to be able to make meals and foods and fruits and vegetables and things like that that i know my kids like yeah. that you don't want your kids complaining when you're out on these adventures right if you take them with you you want them to be having the adventure with you and enjoying it and living it up. And so food can make a big difference in those circumstances when you're so, I mean, and everything tastes better when you're out, but if, if you can pull out, you know, your favorite meals for your kids and, and they just love it, you know, maybe it's mom's spaghetti or, or dad's steak and potatoes or whatever. And, and you can freeze dry that and have it ready to roll. Or your ice cream sandwich. Oh, Brian good, good, yeah. Good snacks make the trip yeah. work with kids. Right. So this last hunt, Brian Call, he's one of our partners, and, and uh, he ate so many ice cream sandwiches and, and literally ruined my son. <laughs> so now my son's like, well, Brian got three, so I, I'm, I'm going to get two, and uh, <laughs> we're going to be we're going to be freeze drying probably quite a few um, ice cream sandwiches at my household. That's awesome. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, we have a trip this summer, and um, like Mark was saying, we've got four in my family we got two two girls hills coming on a trip so we're gonna have four of us going for 10 days on a bear hunt that's a lot of meals yeah that's a ton of meals and we have one that's not picky and one that's very picky and uh like it's it's on us to make sure that she enjoys that trip or she may not want to go with us anymore so well i also like the freeze dry thing because like you just handed us these bags of like smoothie and i mean you just eat them right out of the bag you don't even have to rehydrate them. Yeah, yeah, so, so many things you can just I mean, munch on. you can rehydrate it and make a smoothie, or you can just eat it like a snack right out of the bag. Yep, yep. And, and it's light and fluffy. Everything's just, like, light and fluffy. And um, I think that's another great way, too, to get children to eat, like, more vegetables. It's because you've taken that maybe, maybe a little bit of the bitterness out of it or something, so they'll 
they'll eat like sometimes kids like a little crunch too the crunch like right crunchy a little crunch asparagus or something almost like, like you're just munching on it yeah yep. yep yep and one thing we didn't even talk about yet guys is so once you get your elk or your venison right you get that deer what do you do with it after the fact right most mm-hmm. people probably have two or three freezers full of meat right from what they got this or, year or five or five two or three or five <laughs> freezers full of meat right i talked to so many people who start working the food out of those well first of all they're afraid they're going to lose a freezer if they go if, if the power's gone so let's say you go on your 10-day bear hunt and the power goes um <laughs> well, well i don't know i don't know what just fell out of my mind well, parts are coming off parts of are coming off hopefully it's still working <laughs> but you go on your bear hunt you're gone 10 days what if your power goes Right, and you lose all that meat, and you didn't even know. You come back, and you've lost five freezers full of meat. Well, the beauty of freeze drying is, is you can work the meat right from those freezers through your freeze dryer and onto the shelf, right? And I know people, big time gardeners, big time hunters, who work all their fruits and vegetables, all their meat through their freeze dryer and onto the shelf, and they start getting rid of freezers to where they get it down to maybe one extra freezer, right, for their for their needs. And so. Um, there's a lot of energy savings just right there, right? Now you're not running five freezers all the time. You're just running one extra one. And you don't have to worry about losing that meat if if the power goes for two or three days or something along those lines. Yep, Brian, um, going back to Brian, he just lost one. Like he lost one this, this past season where he lost all his meat. And um, oh, that's painful. shame on him for not having a little alert system on there, which he should have. But, yeah, he lost everything, so he was hurting. But this definitely eliminates all that. So you can just take your f- meat and yes. freeze dry it raw? You c- there's there's a couple of great ways to do it. So probably my favorite way to do it personally, and I see people do both, raw and cooked. But my favorite way to do it personally is if you just cooked up a bunch of that venison and elk and just and, and cooked it up the way you like it. Like steaks, strips. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. ground whatever mm-hmm. ground, okay yeah. however you like right. it now if you cook a big steak i would then probably recommend that you slice it into like fajita strips and if you slice it into fajita strips like that it'll rehydrate so fast and so well um, but you can pile it on the trays in your freeze dryer and you'll freeze dry it and then it's got that great 25 year shelf life but when you add water back to that steak or that ground ground meat, it, you will not be able to tell the difference. And so that's if you cooked it. Now, if you do it raw, you can do that. And if you jump on YouTube and you type in freeze-dried raw meat or freeze-dried steak and lobster, you'll find all kinds of videos that will show you people doing this. You can do it raw as well. It just takes a little longer to rehydrate it if you do it raw. But how awesome to have that food right right on the shelf rather than in freezers right and so you can freeze dry it get it right on the shelf and i have so many people tell me you know i'll have meat in a freezer for two years maybe before i get to it or for one year or for six months you're paying power on that meat to be in that freezer for six months before you even eat it when you put it through your freeze dryer and onto the shelf you pay power on it for a day right and so that power cost is so nice like you start getting rid of freezers, you're getting rid of power costs, you pay power on food for one day, it goes onto the shelf with a 25-year shelf life. I mean, pretty nice. Well, like Brian this year killed everything um, in North America, <laughs> and uh, so he's got an excess of meat. So it may take him a little while to work through it. So you know in the freezer situation, especially wild game, we're processing it, we're, we're, you know, we're vacuum sealing it, we're doing the best we can to make it last a long time. But even 
a long time is two years. Right. Because every month that goes by, the quality is decreasing. Let's just be out now. It's maybe not be that noticeable, but it is becoming less desirable. So I really, you know, I really didn't think through that as much as what you were just saying. So like I just did a bunch of deer. We, we killed, I saved them up and I, I ground them all at the same time. I could have taken half of that ground, started piling it in the trays, ground, cooked it up if I wanted to cook it, just pill it and then just have basically buckets of ground meat Mm -hmm. that you could just cup out for whatever you're cooking at home. Mm So you don't have to thaw it. No, that's my wife's always like, man, I don't get anything thawed out. You know, for oh, tonight. that's constant. <laughs> yeah, oh, like, and I, you know, I'm like, oh, we're gonna let's go out tonight. I don't have anything ready, you know. But it's always ready when it's like that, because when it's cooked like that, the rehydration is almost while you're cooking it, literally, and for freeze drying. So I'm looking forward to. That. I'm really. Um, it's been an eye opening. Well, and you guys, you can buy freeze dried meat. I don't know if you've seen that. You can buy like freeze dried pulled pork or freeze-dried oh, yeah, chicken absolutely. or freeze-dried yeah. ground beef. But you'll pay like 75 bucks for a can. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like you use your freeze-dryer just a couple of times. I mean, so every time you use your freeze-dryer, you'll get three or four of those cans out of it. That's $200 worth of freeze-dried meat that you freeze-dried that's then shelf-stable, right? And these cans can be great. Like the food can be pretty good and it's worth using, but I don't want to open a $75 can of meat to feed my family one night. I mean, who wants to do that? So the beauty of having a freeze dryer is you can make an infinite amount of freeze dried food. You don't have to feel bad that shoot. I, this can cost me $75. I guess I can't use it. Right? Like just use it and make more because you can make an endless amount of it. Right? You freeze dried a can of mangoes that would normally cost you 50 bucks at the store. I don't feel guilty opening my own freeze-dried food because I can make an endless amount of it through my own machine, right? So So if we've got time, let's let's talk about what about the storage? Like okay, this stuff comes out like bulk. We're talking now we've got into this bulk conversation a little bit. So you're going to do a big batch of pineapples when they're on sale and you you know, are you going to use always use the big bags or are you going to start using jars with the resale. What what have you seen that's working good for you guys and and for other people as far as long term? So you like you buy stuff like the meat. Sometimes they come in cans. Like the there's a certain number number ten for, number ten can. Yep, yep. And then these buckets that have sealed whatever. What do you talk about that for a second? Like what do you recommend or what have you seen that works well? Well, so here's the cool thing, guys. When you buy a freeze dryer, it comes with the materials to package the food. Right. You don't have to go and be an expert in this and try to figure it out. It comes with it. So whenever you buy a freeze dryer, it comes with 50 military-grade Mylar bags, right? Heavy-duty Mylar bags, kind of similar to the ones you would buy from a freeze-dried meal. So it comes with the bags, comes with the oxygen absorbers, and the sealer. So it comes with everything you need to also package the food. And that food in those bags is rated for long-term storage for up to 25 years. And so normally we're going to recommend you use a heavy-duty Mylar bag, 7 mil thickness if you can, and that's what the ones are that you get from Harvest, right, that military grade. However, also a lot of people like to use canning jars, and a lot of people have just a lot of canning jars. I probably wouldn't recommend buying canning jars because they're expensive, but if you already have canning jars, um, put that freeze-dried food right into those canning jars, drop an oxygen absorber in it. That oxygen absorber will take all the air out of the jar and seal it, And then you can put that right on the shelf and you can eat it in two weeks or in 25 years. But I love the Mylar bag option because Mylar bags are affordable. 
you can get these mylar bags for like 25 30 cents a bag and it's a half gallon bag or a gallon bag and so they're affordable and they just do the best job to preserve that food so but it comes with it right you don't have to go figure that out yourself because i know that can be daunting for people they're like okay great i've got this freeze dryer but what do i do to package that food i said that earlier i mean once i started researching your site i'm like this thing even comes with the bag sealer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Comes with the oil, comes with the oil filter, comes with the bags, comes with the trays. I mean, obviously, and it comes with all the additional items you kind of need. And uh, you don't really got to. Now, you might want to start experimenting and do the jar thing and do the things, but just to get rolling, you're ready to roll right out of the box. Yep. And you don't have to go figure it out. Yeah. It just comes yeah. just ready to roll, which is nice. So. Yeah. Yeah, and I noticed you guys just came out. I don't well, I don't know when you came out with them, but this is like a perfect size bag that you just started introducing into the latest orders. It seems as yep, if. yep, just little snack bags, right? Yeah. Snack bags. We've got cool ones that have zipper pouches that make it so you can have just a perfect individual meal, right? I think you might have some of those, Ryan, that that work awesome for individual meals. And then you've got bigger ones that are for bulk size. But as long as you use a good high quality bag with an oxygen absorber and seal it. That's going to be your most affordable and best way to do it. So you were talking about powders and things earlier to make smoothies, things you're going to get in and out of. For example, you open your jar, you scoop out a few scoops, and you put the lid back on. So do you? what do you recommend in those kind of cakes? Just keep an oxygen absorber in the jar, and it just keeps – it'll go for a certain amount of time. I would say if you're, if you're just going to pull from it, like let's say you have canning jars or maybe you've got a cool jar of things for your kids at home that has mangoes and peaches and pears in it or something, I would say just use it, eat it within three or four months yeah. and it's fine. Just kind of open it and close it and, and just eat it within a few months Yeah, okay. like you would Mom's anything gonna... and, and you won't have a problem at all. Yeah. 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 Man, that was good. That was good information. Well, we're looking forward to working with you on this project. Yep. So Ryan and I are working on a DIY backcountry meals project um, to incorporate all. That's why I wanted to ask all these these questions because yeah. we've got, you know, I've been doing meals for a long time, but the freeze drying is a new venture for me a little bit. And then Ryan's been doing freeze drying for a while, so it's going to be a nice marriage of, you know, his curry recipes, which I do not recommend. It's going to be a And then my recipes, <laughs> which are more, you know, appropriate. Um but we're excited about this course and uh, putting all of our knowledge of all the years we've been doing it and then coupling with all, some of your knowledge, some of your team, and um, and presenting, you know, both options. But I feel like this is going to be very slanted. <laughs> this course is going to get heavily slanted towards uh, uh, the freeze-drying methods. And I think a lot of guys, even that are doing dehydration now and are having some success with it, because we are, we're having good success with dehydration. Impressed. It just takes it to a new level. It's a whole new game. Um, I never thought that the 20 minutes of rehydrating your food was a big deal mm-hmm. until it's minus 20 and we get back to the tent and we're freezing to death and we're trying to get our meals done so we can get in our bags. And man, that's when you're like, I wish I had that five minute rehydration, right? Time. I mean, it's not yeah. every time, but, but like I said, rehydrating things on the go like these yogurt bites and things if you wanted to add some water you don't have to add hot water to these mm-hmm. there's no stove required like they're in like re like dehydration mm-hmm. there's just so many possibilities we haven't even be i don't even think we've touched the tip of the iceberg of what we're going to some of the content and things we're going to be trying to work on down the road so thanks for having us matt yeah thanks yeah. guys i i guess i would put one last plug in here and this is my this is my big plug is if you get a freeze dryer 
you are going to make the very best camping and backpacking meals imaginable. It's perfect for your meal course, 100%. You're going to do that. You're going to you're going to freeze dry the meat that you get from your hunt. You're going to freeze dry that venison and elk. It's going to be perfect. But I'm going to tell you guys the very most important reason you might use your freeze dryer is just to have some food on the shelf. It's a good idea to have food on the shelf for your family, for yourself. It's a it's an uncertain world we live in and I'm just going to say it. It just is. And so yeah, you're going to you're going to use it for your hunting adventures and it's going to be awesome. It's going to be the best meal you ever had on a hunt when you freeze dried your own meal. But you're going to also have food on the shelf for your family and you're going to snack healthier and eat healthier every day for your family as well. So it's going to go well beyond your your hunt and your adventure. And I think that's where this really makes a lot of sense and that's where you're like I'm doing it. I'm going to take the plunge and I'm going to buy this machine that I know I have to use for at least three or four months to get my money's worth out of it. And, and I'm not, I'm trying to not get salesy here, but guys like that, that's just where it hits home for me is I love how it enhances my lifestyle, but I love the security it gives my family too. So, yeah, I mean, we live in wacky times right now. Well, I mean, we just, we just had the spy balloon just rolled through Montana, right? right? (laughs) We did. I mean, come on, guys. We saw what happened with COVID. We saw what happened to the store shelves and whatever. Um, Some of us weren't worried when the shelves were cleaned out, (laughs) and some were. But um, when you have something like a freeze dryer and you got ample, you know, stocked up, there's no worry, really. Now I'm thinking we need to start freeze drying all the meat we have in the garage, because that has always been a fear of mine. Like yeah, a big there fear. are there are alarms on those freezers, but several times when Ryan's been gone, those those freezers have started beeping, like something's wrong with them, or the power went out. The door got left. In yeah, the or, or the power got tripped, and then. The freezer didn't start back up because the trip line didn't, you know, it tripped it. Yep. Yep. And the thing beeps at us. But, like, there's a lot of times we're both gone at the same time. And, like, if we come home and there's an entire moose that's been lost, I mean, that would be so tragic. And I've thought about that for years. Like, what happens if the power grid goes down? Now, you can't run your freeze dryer without the power grid, I assume, unless you have a generator. Right. 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 So you do have to be you have to be prepared in many other ways if you want to have electricity. But like But run your freeze well, dryer now, right? That's, that's what, what I'm saying is like I'm yeah. starting to think like, well, we have so much meat. And I think it's also it would be another great gift. So, you know, a lot of the meat we don't eat. We, we use it for our events. We we give it, you know, to families that don't hunt and think about it if you freeze dry it you can just hand them bags or buckets yeah. of meat you don't have to do the <laughs> like bucket of moose meat well right yeah, yeah, no <laughs> there's white no but it's like 500 I, worth of meat in that bucket right well, i'm that, even that, thinking that XL, about that xl unit is looking maybe matt let's renegotiate <laughs> my <laughs> unit i may need, that that I may one, need huh? the xl now I, i'm even just thinking about the summits that we have all the meat prep that you could do would save my cook so much time if we had ground hamburger freeze dried and you just poured it in the thing and they cooked it up and meat is heavy so when you take a box of meat even if you were to give meat to a friend you know even just a bag of meat is like heavy if you could give them much more meat or you have it it's so much lighter it just it just seems like it makes most sense to freeze dry all your meat yep because then you don't have it in the freezer you don't have to worry about losing it you can 
travel you can take it places right like events and all this stuff it's a lot less weight that shelf life <laughs> and well, it makes a great point. gift like here i freeze dried you some elk and that's easy for you to cook and yeah. you don't have to do the whole oh it's been in my freezer and i keep forgetting to take it well, out and i never eat it <laughs> yeah here's some tea okay this yeah. sounds dumb but your listeners probably think when you freeze dry meat they their mind goes to jerky yeah right that's just where everyone's mind goes to but that what you're talking about right that elk or that moose is just like fresh meat so if you freeze dried ground elk or moose you add water back to it and it's right back to fresh, right? So many people we talk to think, oh, can I make jerky with my freeze dryer? And we're like, no, it turns out way better than jerky actually. <laughs> and it's shelf stable forever. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's that's something you hear a lot. There's a, man, there's so many possibilities on your meat, the, especially for hunters. And I think this is going to be eye-opening to a lot of hunters listening to this. They never they Well, we haven't even been thinking about it. That oh. on that level, yeah, we've of, been doing of, all the snacks and the meals and whatnot, yeah, but not but not like reducing freezer space on the meat. I didn't and, realize uh, you could dehydrate raw meat. Well, even and, even slightly cooked. So mm-hmm. let's say I'm going to ask you a question. You talked about cutting into fajita size. Yeah. So you cut it in fajita size, and when you let's say we're going to cook it and freeze dry it, do you recommend like very just lightly cooking it because you're going to finish? You might want to finish cooking it up. In a recipe, like you just got strips of meat, and then when it comes out, you're going to make some fajitas and warm it up and cook it a little bit more. So what do you – do you have any comments on that? We're I would, this into like I would say fire usually fire. cook it the way you want it. The right? way you want it to end. So, yeah, I, I probably would. Like if you want that medium rare – then just cook it medium rare. Yeah, when you put the hot water on it, it might make take it from medium rare to medium, but but it'll turn out great. No, I'm talking about like if you cooked up, freeze dried a bunch of ground ground meat. Yeah, and then you've got a, a a dish that you're gonna cook on the stove with a lot of other things, and you're gonna put that freeze dried ground meat in there. Does it make sense to cook it more done or more to finish the process? Like when it comes. Out? Shoot, you guys are coming from the techie dehydrator background world, See, right? We don't, it's uh, easier it's, than that, Mark. You just cook it the way you like it. Yeah. And you just toss it <laughs> in, and it'll turn it out perfect. It'll turn out so be. good. Yeah, it really yeah. works. Because we undercook a little bit yeah. on the dehydrated side. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And you would, because then when you dehydrate it, it then cooks it just a little further, right, right. and right. gets it to where to where That's you want it to be. Yeah. So I see. I see where your mind's going with that. You'll see. You'll see how easy it is. I've got this vision. Like you said, beef jerky. We've got these preconceived finish points here, and this is changing the game on it. And it's a new way of thinking about it. Yeah, radically different new way of thinking about it. It's good yeah. stuff. I'm really excited about it. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, any more questions? We're gonna have to do another. If you're a game uh, down the road, <laughs> yeah, we'll jump we're gonna on. have to explore this a little bit more. I think. Uh, yeah, we get a lot more when we to get do. the course. And like I said, we've done the meals, and and there's a whole new world out there for us to play with. So yeah, we'll do a lot yeah. more with it. Cool, Matt. Well, thanks for having us here. We've enjoyed it. Um, it's just nice to meet normal people that are doing good things in the world. So we appreciate that. Thanks for having us. Yeah, we appreciate you guys. Thanks, Matt. All right. Thanks. 